If you're an Android user and you need an app for your podcasts, you should check out the Podcast Republic app. You don't have to take my word for it. There are thousands of positive reviews on the Google Play Store, so check it out for yourself. It's really simple to use. You favorite your favorite shows. They download when they're uploaded, and you don't have to worry about anything. As we've said before, set it and forget it. Check it out on the Google Play Store, the Podcast Republic app. I want to take a quick second to uh, mention the Patreon. I know it's perhaps annoying and some of you are fast forwarding through this, but that's fine. Uh, We are, I think, two people away, assuming that um, one of them, at least one of them was on the $5 level from everyone getting a bonus commentary track. And then we are currently just under halfway to where we will do a bonus episode every single month so thank you to everybody who's on the team right now and uh thank you to anybody who's about to sign up we've had a big flurry between the end of the year and now so i want to make sure i keep mentioning it so folks are aware of it christmas money exactly so uh, yeah yeah uh you get money for anything at the end of the year maybe it's just a bonus um, but I do. I don't know that we have done this before, so I just want to take a quick second and thank all of those people. I think that we have done this, but just in case we haven't, I was concerned that we didn't. Uh, so I just want to make sure that all these folks have been thanked by name on air. So uh, I'm just going to read off these first names. I hope that's okay with everybody. I figured first names was anonymous enough. So uh, if you are the person who is hearing this and this is your name, but you're not on the Patreon, this is not for you. <laughs> This is only for the person who's hearing this and is a Patreon supporter. Uh, so big, huge thank you to Barbara, Damien, Fiona, Katrina, Lynn, Michelle, Morgan, Randell, Roger, Sarah, Shane, Thomas, and boy, I hope I don't screw this up, Masakazu. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. It really means a lot to us. It has made us able to make this podcast better and been a, I mean, we crossed things off our bucket list. We have both have new microphone setups. Uh, our hosting is not making me anxious anymore. It's just, it's made everything so much easier and better for us. And we're really grateful to all of you who have supported us and to all of you uh, who do in the future. So just want to take a second to say thank you. It's a new year. Uh, and it's, uh, the time that you think about those things. So I just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody. Uh, if you haven't signed up yet, Go check it out, patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. Everybody who signs up gets a sticker, and uh, you also get some other great perks. So check it out and get a bunch of bonus episodes and our monthly newsletter and all this fun stuff. So patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, the kind of man who would be utterly unable to fix his broken bicycle, the Macho Man. Andrew Lano. Uh, probably, yeah. I feel like I could, <laughs> I could like tighten or loosen a screw, like a, like a bolt, but that's the extent sure. of it. If, to be fair, most people are unable to fix the bicycle. If that chain breaks, that, I got uh, nothing. The James Spader is, is facing this movie. We're doing Tough Turf, which I believe turns 40? No, it came out in 85. 85, 85, 35 years. I was like, is this an 80 movie? No. This is a firmly 80s movie. Uh, you can tell from the Almost <laughs> parody, so. Yes. Anyway, we watched Tough Turf, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your psychotic teenage gang. Something's got to be done about your psychotic teenage gang. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. 
I was curious about this because the trailer was kind of oddball and what it has was the trailer a very like, was young... the trailer like screwball when Morgan goes to a new school? Was it like that? A, it's a little more about the like violence part than okay. that. Well that's good at least. So it's it's yeah, it's not screwball comedy. That's not what I was expecting, but it's kind of an odd movie, this one. Uh, you don't think, say. Well, here's here's the thing that I think in watching it. I think there's a really good movie in here. Uh, yeah, because this movie is almost two hours long, and about 50 minutes of that is just B-roll or music sequences. Yes, yes. And so it's like, if it got tightened up, it would be much more interesting. But I do want to read, I, I found this in you know doing some research while watching the movie. The person who wrote this movie is kind of an interesting story. Oh, yeah? This is a gossip uh, column, which was a thing that was in real newspapers uh, in the LA Times, I believe. Uh, it says uh, that people may have noticed that uh, screenwriter Jet Rink sounds suspiciously like James Dean's character in the film Giant, Jet Rink. Uh, Rink, it turns out, is the legally adopted name of one Ina May, a Northern California writer who found it difficult to open doors in Hollywood with her slightly Southern and very feminine name. Uh, quote, a friend told me it's all in the name and you can't let them know you're a woman, she recalls. May chose Rink because her mother had always teased her about being a female James Dean and placed it on a recently rejected screenplay. She resubmitted that script to the same fil- film company and quickly had her first sale. Tough Turf, about a rich New York kid transplanted to the mean streets of Los Angeles, is Rink's first script. The New World Cheapy was written in three and a half weeks and filmed in four, says Rink, who regards the filming as something of a miracle. Shooting unfortunately coincided with the Olympics when city filming was prohibited, which explains why the turf in the title is represented on screen by distinctly unseedy Reseda. Which is interesting, because I feel like when you live in a place, it's very obvious to you when something isn't filmed yeah. there. I was but like, that seems, you, like a, I had, that seems like dirty L.A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This read like grudgy L.A. to me. Uh, the former anime, meanwhile, has completed a, quote, Capra-esque musical called The Magic Man for Walt Disney Pictures and reports that J- Jet Rink's career is flourishing, which is a real bummer because uh, this was the only thing she ever, I think, got credit on. Wait, I thought she said her career was fl- So wait, she's not... She she had sold a second script and then it never went and she disappeared off the face of the earth. I wonder if Magic Man is like, became something else for Disney on like Wonderful World of Disney. I looked and couldn't find anything. Like, if it, if it did, she didn't get credit for it. She also had... She was a technical advisor on the film Little Witches in 1996. Why does that title sound so that, familiar? Does it look... I would be shocked if you knew this. Like, Zelda Rubenstein is in it, but that's about it. Oh, wait a minute. Nope, that's Teen Witch. I was like, Zelda Rubenstein in a movie about witches. Nope, that was Teen yes, Witch. Yes, you are thinking of Teen Witch. Uh, and, and, and Clea Duvall is also in it. But it looks like a small part. I don't know. I might know I this know movie. The, a group of girls at a Catholic boarding school get mixed up in the occult. I, I'll have to watch a trailer when we're done. Anyway, uh, so I thought it was really interesting. Like, the, they had, like, this person, uh, she had sold and made this movie. She sold a second script and then she just disappeared from the face of the earth, which I, I thought was kind of interesting. I mean. Because I think this movie has good bones. Okay. Yeah. I think you the know, story 
has something, but the actual yes. writing leaves him to be desired. Oh, for sure, for sure. But I think like this movie is. Uh, both I think there's too glimmers of talent in and this. also not enough information. Right. There's a very young James Spader and a very young Robert Downey Jr. who uh, might be the first James Spader movie. It's his first t- like title bill, like big billing. Okay. And a young uh, Kim Richards for everyone who watches Bravo. Yes, uh, Real Housewife extraordinaire Kim Richards. Yeah, it's a kind of a, like a sad one. She was the sad one because her husband got murdered while on the phone with her. Yeah, no, no, but that was like way, that was before horrifying. the show. I mean, like her. Yes, because she was a child star. She was in Escape to Witch yeah. Mountain and all this stuff, and then oh, yeah, okay, she's okay. Escape to Witch Mountain girl. Um. And her sister, Kyle, played Lindsay Wallace in Halloween and is coming back for Halloween Kills. But they only ever talked about the fact that Kim was a child star on the show. And I was like, Kyle was in the more successful thing. Like, Kyle's movie (laughs) comes out every year. But you don't want to be, like, the younger sister of the more talented Kyle. I mean, they did that anyways, that Kyle was the clearly more successful put-together one. Like, she bought... She, like, stole Kim's house. Well, I'm not going to get into it, but, um. <laughs> there was, the, you all couldn't see it, obviously, but there was, like, a thought balloon, like, smoked out of his head and sat above it that was, like, how much of the Real Housewives of Orange, Orange Beverly County? Hills. Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills. Beverly Hills. Am I going to admit in public to having known about Hmm. Well, no. Nope. A lot none. Of, and then he waved the balloon away. Well, no. My friend uses the line, I stole Kim's house and I do it again all the time as like a joke about Kyle. So I know vaguely that it happened. She was on the show. Kyle, Kyle, they were both Kyle cast Richards. members. I um, see. She was, Kyle Richards was like in the, in the opening Yeah, credits. she had a turnaround and, and catchphrase. Okay. Um, okay. But. <laughs> she stole her house. I don't know specifics. Okay. I wish I knew specifics. I hope that it is. I mean, I, no, it's probably much more interesting if it's not this. But I hope it's like they both put bids in on the same property and not like I invoked squatters' rights on my sister. Uh, she might have kicked her out of her house. I don't know. Um, with Kim okay. Richards, you never know. But on the show, it yeah. was always um, she was tragic because she clearly had a drug and drinking problem. Which Andy Cohen was like, oh, this is going to give me money. And so rather than get her help, it was stick a camera in her face and prompt other cast members to, like, make drug jokes. Like when Kim was having a mental breakdown in a bathroom once, this other cast member was like, I bet she's just doing cocaine in the bathroom. Ha ha ha. And then it... Wait, so he's the producer of those programs? That's why he's... The guy... the guy who hosts that Watch What yeah, Happens show? Yeah, because he hosts all of the reunions. Well, I... Okay, all right. We have to talk about something else. We are going to have to pull the ripcord on this bad boy momentarily. But I just always wondered what the hell that guy was from. And I was like, he he kind of appeared out of nowhere. Like, this older gay black gentleman no, who's not. become he's like white. a thing. No, 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 no. I'm saying much like this other man who I think his name is Billy... Billy Eichner? Yeah, no. I'm sorry, Billy, no, uh, Billy Porter. The, 
Yes, where I'm like, suddenly this man is on like the talk shows and he's hosting things. I've never heard of him before, and I don't know who he is, but he's just like suddenly there. And I was like, all right, well, he must be His from something. His big breakout thing was Pose on FX, the show about uh, 80s ball scene and black culture. Uh, okay. He plays uh, the like announcer of the balls, who's like larger than life and fabulous. I've... I- this is not an indication of anything other than the fact that I am an unaware person. I that, do not understand anything of what you're talking about. I didn't know that was a mm-hmm. show. I, I, I'm vaguely aware of FX. But anyway, it just doesn't come into my thing, my radar, probably because I only subscribe to Hulu or whatever it is. But I just like suddenly I saw this man everywhere and I was like, who is this guy? And I have no idea who he is. So I assumed it was the same for the Watch What Happens guy that I was like, he must have some fame from something that I'm just completely unaware of. Well, and now Andy I know Cohen him as the Watch What Happens guy. He created the yeah. Housewives oh, and then oh, was whatever. like, and I'm going to put myself in the reunions. Makes sense. I mean, if he's the producer, it's a logical place for him to be. So anyway, we have again, we have to stop talking about this man, Andy Cohen. I don't. It is completely irrelevant to the topic. Well, but Kim Richards. Uh, so yes, she's yes. in this movie. No, Kim Richards. We can talk about all day. I just Andy Cohen and Billy Porter too far, too far afield. Yeah, she was always like the kind of sad, tragic one on the show. And then when she started to get sure. sober, like they clearly started editing her to be the boring character. And I was like. We can't celebrate this woman's sobriety or like her. Yeah, that sucks. Really, really valiant attempts at sobriety. Yeah, yeah. Um, that sucks. Yeah. And she's also uh, Paris Hilton's aunt. Oh, wow. That's like. Yeah. All the reality stars all mushed together. Paris's there. mom. Paris and Nikki's mom is Kim and Kyle's half sister. So she's their their, their aunts. It's just uh, reality show royalty. Yeah, here. basically. Anyway, we should talk about the movie Tough Turf. Well, I mean, we the are. movie gave us three, <laughs> opened with three effing minutes of biking montage. Three and so a you half. you know what? I think three we and can half. bullshit at the top of this. 210 full seconds of bicycle montage. And then we cut to a businessman waiting for a bus who is, I don't know if you recognize him, the cop from Death Spa who gets killed by the fish. No, I didn't notice that. Yes, he is the cop from Death Spa who got murdered by a fish. Uh, and he is super gross in this movie. Yeah, uh, he's standing at a bus stop, and he the dialogue tells us that his car is in the shop. And it's very obviously a scam. They send Kim Richards in dressed in a like a very high-cut dress. You can say dress, she's dressed like and Cindy Lauper and Madonna had a baby. You can just say it, because yeah, that's what she's yeah, dressed yeah. like. Well, well, it's not quite like... This person is an escort. It's more just like kind of sexy, I yeah. think, is what I get from it. Uh, but she walks up to this guy and she starts talking to him. And it's so obviously that they think he's a mark. They get him to take his money out to give her a change for a five. And then five dudes swarm this guy to, to steal his money and mm-hmm. beat him up. Uh, James Spader rolls in on his bicycle and like just wreaks mischievous havoc the tone is all off here but with also he, like like i said before this movie is too long but also filled with nothing so yes when yeah. this happened i was like oh is is it obviously this is james spader because we saw him in the mon- he's the biker from the montage i was kind right. of thinking and by biker we bicy- mean bicycle. i always do that where i say biker but i mean bicyclist not motorcyclist right um right I just want to be clear. I think the term is fine for either. I just want people to know this is not like James Dean rolling in on some Harley. Oh, it's wish. like a doofus on a bicycle. Um, 
So my brain went, oh, James Spader must be, you know, the leader of the rival gang or something. This is a Sure, thing. yeah, absolutely. No, he, he's in a leather jacket. He's in a leather jacket. He's cool. He grabs the beer from one gang member and shakes it up as he rides past. So he, like, sprays them all to, like, diffuse this mugging and then just bikes away. And I was like, wait a minute. So I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And then, like, you're new in town. Try and make a good first impression. And I was just so confused as to why that why he did that right it seemed like he was out for a joyride on his bike and then suddenly saw a mugging going down thought oh i should get involved in this and just he rides he never slows down no. he sprays the beer one guy has a, a car antenna that he snapped off a car and he whips spader with it and it cuts his jacket and he just never stops riding and in the commotion the man who's being mugged runs away mm-hmm. And then they're, they're, the one guy's like, oh, did you get his wallet? And we don't know the answer, so we don't know if it's a, if he did indeed know a lot of crime or not. In this movie. And then, like you said, smash cut to the following day, and it's the parents. The dad, by the way, did you recognize no. him? The wake-up juice bartender from Back to the Future 3. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also, like, a thousand other projects. Yeah. He's, like, a, a big-time small part. There was actor. a moment where I thought... James Spader was going to break the fourth wall like Ferris Bueller. When we see him in his, he's in his bed, all curled up, just staring down the barrel of the camera. And I just thought, yeah, it's really un- unnerving. I just thought, please don't start. I don't want this to be a Ferris Bueller with a gang. Like, I just don't <laughs> want that movie. Yeah. And yeah. instead he dart shoots some cockroaches. I thought they were flies. Either way. He's. Well, it's more impressive if it's a, fl- if it's a fly. That's all. I guess. That he has like pinpoint accuracy. Which will not really show up later in the movie. No. The guns will, uh, but his accuracy the, won't. Th- this scene, I feel, is an encapsulation of the overall issue with this movie in that the tone never lines up. Because we've got gang members mugging this guy, beating the snot out of him, stealing his money. And then we have James Spader with paint guns. Dart and guns. On a bicycle. I think it's darts. No, I thought they were like paintballs. Oh, I thought they were darts. They were like little baby darts, I thought. Well, they're blue when they squish the bugs. I thought those were feathers. I also watched it on YouTube, in my defense. Okay. No, you should have watched the cut yeah, on the Prime. Yeah, YouTube lets me watch it at 1.25 speed, which came in handy a lot. Okay. You know, I really feel like you're doing a disservice to the listeners of this show if you don't put yourself through the torture. Yeah, because then I, I, like then I it. could throw it on 2x when I was like, oh, we're just going to get four minutes of establishing shots again. <laughs> I feel like you need... Part of the draw of this program is that we hate the thing and that we have a thing to complain about. And I feel like if you're only watching half of it or 75% of it, no, I can it's complain. not the It's the same. I'm just saying, I, I think tweet tweet at Andrew and, and tweet, tweet at the show. show. I don't really, have a, I don't really I, use Twitter. Tweet at Dissect the 80s and lodge your complaints about Andrew not watching the full movie. I watched I think the full it's a valid complaint. I I would be upset if you if you watch seventy five. It's not seventy five. If you're watching at one point two five, one point two five is not seventy five percent of the movie. It's a twenty five percent reduction in the runtime. I don't think it works out like that. I mean, if you speed the movie up twenty five percent, is that what it is? Yes. No, because it only shaved off like fifteen minutes of a hundred and ten minute movie. That's not twenty five percent. Well, you said you were jumping around different frame rates, so I'm sure it's not. All I could picture was the director chomping on his cigar the director of the studio head chomping on his cigar going we paid for this b-roll damn it we're gonna use it 
Yeah, it feels like they desperately needed to get filler shots. But normally when that happens, the movie's roughly 84 minutes long. (laughs) And here it's the total opposite of that. Yeah, I I couldn't understand because after he wakes up and goes to school, we get another like two minutes of school establishing shots. Yes, and including this long bit with the security guard, who's off the guy nowhere. from Die Hard. Oh yeah, that's a, yeah. It's it, I forgot to write down the gentleman's name, but he was in Die Hard Two and also Fright Night as the detective in Fright mm-hmm. Night. But it's this scene where he has a little tête-à-tête with this guy, and then it's really I thought the security sec- guard was like, "You can't bike on the sidewalk." I thought it was going to be the sort of like adversarial relationship that becomes a friend and later he's helpful which would have been nice at the end of this movie where there's a murder fight i wrote murder fight too i'm glad you wrote that yeah but no none of that is relevant or this this character's in this movie for one ferris bueller movie this guy would have been the villain right and that's the tone issue this movie has is it wants to be ferris bueller and it also wants to be like what's that james dean one the wild the wild ones the wild I was going to say that alien car movie we watched a little while ago. Sure. Yeah, that's a good example of it, too. But the security guard just goes nowhere. And then they bring him back for half a second. The wild one is Brando, not James Dean. I, but it is the biker movie I was thinking of where it's it's this where he rolls up culture to the train station on the bike. Right. Uh, probably. It's where they, that's the, when Shia LaBeouf enters the, the, the stupid Indiana Jones. Right. It would. That. Yes. Yes. Um. But yeah, they bring the security guard back an hour and a half later in the movie for half a second, and it doesn't do anything. I just couldn't figure out why they spent so much time with the security guard for him to go nowhere. Okay, I lectured you, but I don't know what you're talking about. When does the security guard come back? I do not recall that at all. It was literally half a second when uh, RDJ gives him a new bike. He goes and bikes off to go find Kim Richards, and he goes past the security guard, who runs after him and goes, hey, stop that bike, and that's the end of the scene. (laughs) I wonder if they filmed them both on the same day. I hope they filmed them both on the same day. I hope not, because I hope this guy got two day rates. (laughs) Um, That's fair. That's fair. He probably would prefer that. Anyway, we go to school, and RDJ Looks like Alan Cumming and Cabaret. Yeah, they're both very young and very pretty and very feminine looking, both of these guys. They're real delicate faces. Yeah, very like pretty is the ideal word to describe them. Mm-hmm. And they're they're very porcelain doll y. It's it's very un- unusual. Robert Downey Jr. Speci- especially. Like I said, he looks like Alan Cumming in Cabaret. He's just pale with dark eyes and kinda red lips. Uh, and it's funny how they both sound the same. They do, and it's not great. <laughs> From a casting perspective, when your two major characters sound a lot. Well, no, alike. no, I meant I meant two today. I think they both sound oh, the same today. That is true. Yes, because wasn't um, uh, James Spader was Ultron, wasn't he? Okay. Correct. That's I was trying. I was like, he was Ultron. He was the robot who wanted to destroy humanity. Yes, and we've talked about Spader before on the show. I think he has an extremely creepy energy, even here where he's the protagonist and then the young heartthrob. I feel like he has a, I think it's the least creepy I've seen him fair, but still there, but it is the lowest level creep that I've seen. Agreed. Agreed. It's a, it's a light simmering creep instead of a full raging boil Mm -hmm. creep. And this is where we learn the very confusing characterization of James Spader, that he's a smart kid who acts out. I think it never clearly establishes what the hell his deal is. 
His energy is very similar to the one we did for uh, oh, I was gonna... Listener Request Month with uh, Val Kilmer. Oh, the the um, smart computer thing. Smart guy? No. Yes. <laughs> it's not smart guy. Oh, Jesus. What is that movie called? Boy Genius. Is there genius in the title? Real genius. Real genius. Real genius. Thank you. That. We got there. It, it, it's sort of that madcap, it's a very Ferris Bueller, real genius energy to this character, but then also he can fight and he has weapons but and he's the, to punching me, people. The difference is that real genius and Ferris Bueller are cool. Like, I want to hang out with those two dudes. I mean, I don't want to hang out with Ferris Bueller. I think that's the vibe. I don't. I feel like it would be insufferable to hang out with Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Do you think so? Can you imagine? There's no normal day with Ferris. It's, hey, we're skipping school to go to an art museum, con our way into a restaurant, and break into a parade, among other things. Like, I don't... Sometimes I just want a chill day, and I can't imagine Ferris has chill days. We will get to this when we have the Ferris Bueller discussion, but it's interesting you say that, because I always assumed that even for Ferris, that was a special day. That's... I mean, it could could be. We'll discuss it further when we do that movie, but surface level right now, that's what it feels like, that Ferris is always kind of on, and I just don't want to be on all the time i i that's a valid criticism we will get to the ferris bueller it will likely be on the patreon <laughs> because that's going to be a doozy app. Yeah. but yeah i think and, and i don't i don't mean it to sound disparaging against james spader why i care about his opinion versus edward bakley jr i don't know but i don't want to sound disparaging against james spader to say that i think i want to hang out with <laughs> because because he has creep energy and you're afraid he'll come murder you. No, that's the thing. I don't think he'd murder you. I think he would, like, put his fingers in your mouth while you're sleeping. Like, that's the kind. I don't think that's better. But that's, I, I would rather that than death. I'll take the bullet, thank you. I would rather that than death. Um, But that's the kind of creep energy he gives. But I think it's just, he didn't feel written in a sort of roguish manner. He felt written more in, in like he's a bully or or some kind of ruffian but also was smart and i just didn't under it wasn't blended well i feel as if the desired trait for him is that he's got an aladdin energy and he doesn't have an aladdin energy yes well also so spoiler alert later in the movie in the last 20 minutes he sets up these like home alone this home alone trap and it would have been nice if in the beginning, in this moment where they're talking about his academic accomplishments or they're showing him in class, that they show him in a, I guess it would be a physics class, if you're doing like The Incredible Machine or whatever, that kind of stuff. Sure. It would have been nice yeah. to show him in a physics setting where you see that he is super smart. Or I guess I wanted more of a real genius energy where he's using his brain specifically to be kind of a rough rapscallion, as opposed to right. like, I'm smart, but also I'm kind of just an an asshole yeah sure yeah the other part that's wild about this though is robert downey jr has a conversation with this woman who i think disappears from the movie gets in the uber okay okay uh hey yeah you're all done for the day where you want to go like talks to this woman says give me your knife she pulls it out of her bra hands robert downey jr a switchblade which she then has to frantically cover with a book to hide from the principal because Spader is hanging out, waiting for the principal to come give him his, like, welcome to school spiel. His Buffy Summers spiel. Yeah. Because RDJ knows that Spader's in trouble with this gang and I guess assumes he doesn't have a knife of his own. 
The whole gimmick is for RDJ to get this knife so that in a scene from now, he can do the flick thing of the switchblade and then be like, oh, by the way, I think you need this knife. Yeah, it was a very weird moment because he almost stabs him in the back of the neck. It's almost an it like what's Henry Bowers and his dad moment. Yeah, no, it's really almost awful. Um, but it gets real brushed over so that we can talk how, about how RDJ's band is going to play in a porno shop that turns out well, the, the to other... just be a warehouse. It was, I was like, this isn't a porno shop. No, no, he said you have to drive past the porno shops. Oh, okay. If you were listening to the movie at 1x speed, you might have picked up on this, but you over there with your double... It was not double speed. Harder to do that. <laughs> I'm sure some people listening to this are like, we listen to your podcast at that speed. It doesn't bother me at all. (laughs) Um, I know people who listen to podcasts on more than 2x and it sounds insane to me, but they just that's the way my favorite is to go to is find. Here's a fun trick for you, audience. Find a popular YouTube channel, pick any of their videos. It's going to be over 10 minutes long because that's how you get ad rolls. And then play it at 1.25 or 1.5 speed, and you'll be re- amazed at how it sounds like a normal human talking. And then listen to it regular, and you'll go, oh dear god, just speed your voice up. Do you think they purposely yes. slow the cadence of yes. their speech? Disney Food Blog is the worst about it. Hey guys, it's AJ for Disney Food Blog, and I'm super excited. Like, that's not even... that's. That's not how anyone talks. That's not even how I talk when I'm speaking slow to old people with technology. (laughs) They do it so they can make their videos at least 10 plus minutes long so they can trick the YouTube algorithm. Interesting. Um, So we get another fight here with Spader and the hooligan gang. Where's the security guard now? These people are doing donuts in front of the school. And then the one guy who I believe is named Nick. I couldn't tell you any of their Almost names. hits. He almost hits Spader with his car. And they're playing chicken and Spader just stands there. But the editing in this scene is so bizarre. It cuts from the close up on the car tire squealing. Close up to Spader's face where his eyes kind of narrow. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That, that, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention is for some reason in class, they're watching a film strip video of Life in the uh, Old West. Wyatt Earp. But it's specifically Wyatt Earp and the uh, the gunfight at the OK Corral, mm. Doc Holliday, all that stuff. Because I think they're trying to do James Spader is the Doc Holliday, Wyatt Earp character, and these Feels guys bold. are the gang. It, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Indeed bold. But Sp- so it's, it's close up of the car, close up of Spader back to the car, back to Spader. Then we get finally a wide shot when they get close. Then we get to a close-up, and it's the bike flying up in the air in slow motion. Yes, yes. And it's just the bike slowly spinning up in the air in slow motion, all mangled to crap, and then crashing to the ground. But it's such just odd editing choices. It makes it this dramatic moment feel almost hilarious. It's very similar to Mac and Me, where there's just suddenly this cut of this boy in a wheelchair careening off a cliff where you're genuinely baffled. But again, uh, the classic 80s bully trope of attempted vehicular assault or achieved mm-hmm. vehicular. Do you just say, you just say it's vehicular assault. You don't say, okay, got it. I had to like think in my head. I was like, attempted versus, you just say it. You don't say, there's no adjective for that. No, it's, it's, it is a vehicular assault. It's an attempted murder. Attempt, attempted vehicular manslaughter. No, m- murder. <laughs> there's intent here. Yeah. Just, just like in Goonies, when he grabs 
uh, Josh Brolin's bike handles and goes to 40 miles an hour. That's attempted murder. That's not accidental. Um, Well, no, you missed the part. You missed the part where the bully. I'm not going to call him a bully. He's a gang leader. Yes, he's he, <laughs> bully is extremely light for this person, and then even at this point, for what the crimes we've seen him commit, but not to mention the ones that he gets into felony felony territory very quickly. Yeah, James picks up his bike and like kind of huffs away because it's broken, and the bully's like, "I'm sorry, man," and then he doesn't say anything, and then Kim Richards goes, "Hey, he said he was sorry," and I was just, "What is ha- What are we trying to do here?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I think what they're trying to do is roll you through the whole thing of Kim Richards has been sort of brainwashed by this guy and she's, you know, been with him for a long time. And this is sort of what she thinks life is like. And she doesn't have anything to say otherwise, but man, oh man, this, this is a different level of crazy than robbing some businessman who's taking a bus for yeah. some reason. Uh, and then the mom who was written like the biggest bitch in the world shows up. Yeah. I, just didn't understand why it's it's a lot of confusing specific i will say the writing specifically gets confusing that's why i'm not shocked that this person didn't get much work after this yeah no the story is there it's like a jk rowling situation both in name and you can create a story but don't try and write it right the other issue i have with the mom is there seems to be a lot of something from before that we don't have any information about and we never learn about no, but Spader is unable to say to his parents, hey, a guy tried to kill me today, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which I feel like is a perfect excuse for having your bike mangled. Like, why is your bike all messed up? Well, a man tried to hit me with his car on purpose. Yes, indeed. on well, purpose. I wonder if it's because he knows he instigated the night before because they're like, stay out of maybe. trouble. You always fall in with the wrong yeah, crowd. Maybe. It yeah. would be nice if the movie told us that, you know, like. Mom, someone tried to hit me. Well, what happened? What did you do to them? And then he would have to say that, and she'd be like, well, this is all your fault. Right, right. And we smash cut from this domestic interlude to Robert Downey Jr. drumming shirtless in a warehouse with Looking fake good. David Bowie. Yeah, he is a yeah. knockoff Bowie, singing a song about Sharon Tate. Yeah. It's weird. It's very odd. It's very odd. Uh, He's also wearing the coolest pants Dave, uh, our Robert Downey Jr. is. They're this, like black and red Harley Quinn pants. I was, I like. Yeah, them. they are. They, pretty much every outfit in this movie, I was like, "Well, Andrew wants to buy that. Oh, Andrew wants to buy no, that. No, there were just oh, a couple. Andrew wants to buy that. Just a couple. Okay. Target uh, is straight up selling Magnum PI shirts right now. I was really? there, like branded. No, I, I was there today, and I walked through the men's section, and it was just straight up. Look at this Magnum PI shirt. I gotta be honest with you. I am all here for the return of the Hawaiian shirt into men's fashion. It is like my ideal clothing. You just item. love linen, <laughs> but it's, it's soft and it's very comfortable and it's very breathable, but you don't live in a tropical big climb. <laughs> like if you live but in I'm Hawaii up here, up here, pal, it's always you tropical live in DC, in here, which just is cold, gray and icy a lot in the winter. <laughs> you, you know how people say it's five o'clock somewhere? It's Hawaii here, baby? somewhere. It's always tropic. It's Hawaii all the time in my <laughs> noggin, baby. It's always Hawaii in Trip's brain. Yes, but that's why I, it's like if I could if I could go out in public and be fashionable in the ideal clothing item, this 
I started wearing them on the beach and it was a game changer. It's like, oh, this is this literally is the perfect garment for this situation. Why is it taking yeah, me 32 why, years to put this together? That's why white families love to take pictures in linen pants on a beach. I don't need that. I'm just talking about the, I want the shirt to be really ugly. That's I need the two-parter of the shirt needs to be absurd as well. Okay. I mean, they weren't terrible shirts. They just, they were very magnum. I was like, I could get this for, yeah. I, with my mustache and my hair, I could do a real good yeah. magnum P.I. You moment. just need your uh, Detroit Tigers cap. Oh, yeah. And tiny shorts. Uh, anyway, so we, this is one of the first dance breaks of well, the And movie. a weird transition again. Yes. I don't know who edited this movie, but it seemed like five different people edited it and no one talked to each other or watched what else, what had happened previously. Or they only had certain days of footage available, and they had to just keep cutting with what they had, but, basically. No, the transitions are weird. This one was... No, they are. The It looked like something, a stock effect from iMovie, where it was just three panels sliding into frame and then joining together. I don't know. The person who edited it in their IMDb picture is holding an Emmy. Well, then. No, I'm sorry. Yes. No, that's an Emmy. Oh, the other interesting, funny thing about Kim Richards, if you go to her wiki... He edited Project Runway, you're Really? Huh. If you go to Kim Richards' wiki, the picture is her as a child in a film. If you go to Kyle Richards' wiki, it's her today. <laughs> Which, to me, speaks volumes. I mean, you can control that if you have IMDb Pro, No, right? it's wiki. Anybody oh. can edit that. <laughs> yes. Um, And for some unknown reason... Uh, James Spader is just horny for Kim Richards. He is extremely horny with for Kim no Richards. explanation. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense why he'd be into this woman, given that he knows her boyfriend is a sociopath who's trying to kill him, and their only interactions have been her cheering on the crazy person. Yeah, it would be one thing if at school, you know, before he went into the the Wyatt Earp class, she put she saw him and just said, "Hey, I'm really sorry about." Or some kind sure. of war- something that said there's a connection here, but there isn't, and so I just am baffled because after this, all she does is tell him no, and all he does is keep going, and it makes me deeply uncomfortable. Right, and also this character that Kim Richards is playing has absolutely no agency in the whole movie. No, she doesn't even have a backstory until an hour into the movie. Right. Uh, this is a bit of a clever scene though, where they leave this warehouse club and. Uh, Spader's getting beat up by this gang of hooligans and they steal a car that they think is Spader's car, but it's not Spader's so, car. Earlier, he took the keys out of someone's convertible and I don't know how the bullies knew he had them. Did, did, did I miss something where he... I think they just beat him up and got his No, they keys, specifically kind of asked for them. They said, give us those keys. So I, oh, I was, okay. I I was trying to think, did he dangle him in front of Kim Richards, like, let's get out of here style, or... Maybe, yeah, I maybe. don't remember that, but they knew he had them, and so they drive away in his car, and when RDJ goes, sorry they stole your car, he goes, oh, I don't have a car. Yeah, I, I thought that moment was really great. The first, I gotta be honest, the first, like, 45 minutes, I was kind of in on this movie and going, huh, I wonder why this wasn't more, you know... And then you saw the run thing. And I was, and I saw the rest of it. Was like, ah, okay, it's the wheels are coming off here. Um, I also love it's such an eighty. It's I mean, it's in modern movies too, but it's such a movie thing, movie universe thing of opening a car and the keys are tucked somewhere in mm-hmm. it. The the mirror, uh huh. The the vanity mirror, sun sun yeah. visor, yeah. 
I just watched something recently where a character did that, and it wasn't that old of a movie. And I just, it's like, it's just such a movie universe only thing. Yeah, because I don't, I mean, I have done the lock my keys in the trunk situation or tuck them into sure. a thing. I think most people have, yeah. Because I have a punch code that I know on this. My last yeah. card didn't know the punch code. It was useless. Now that I know the punch code, it's a lovely feature. Yeah, yeah. I Mine has the, the if you touch the door handle in the right way, it unlocks the car. So mercifully, I have locked the keys in the car and just touching the door handle the right way has opened the door. But it, it, I've never consciously been, oh, let me put the keys to my vehicle in it and go away. No, I mean, I, like I said, I've done that, but I don't put them somewhere conspicuous where you flip down the sun visor and there it is. Right, right. They have um, some weird flirty banter the next day at school. Yeah, and we have a rat in James Spader's locker. A dead rat. It is, like, carved yes. open and gross. It's a it's a real gory thing. Very godfathery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and James Spader's brother is here now, and he looks like an 80s movie bully. Right. And this is a part of this where it's like, I feel like there's a good movie here. Or the or it, it probably needs a couple more rewrites. The set it was written in three and a half it weeks. It needs a six-pack of beer. 24 hours yeah. in a hotel, and John Carpenter. <laughs> yes. I thought you were going to go a different direction, and I was very curious why you were wanting Vince oh. McMahon and Hulk Hogan <laughs> to rewrite this movie. But I was like, I, I mean, I would also like that version of it, but I don't know if, if Hulk Hogan, full-grown man in the high school, is going to play. But we can try it. So he has this little fight with his brother. Because this, this relationship should be part of this movie. The fact that his, like, Spader is sort of pushing back against the blue blood upbringing that he had. And the brother doesn't. And they have a little squabble there. I feel like that's a really interesting movie. He's dressed all in pastels and whites with a, a sweater wrapped around his shoulders and boating shoes. He looks like he's about to go try and win the regatta so that the orphanage can't win and get the money. Absolutely, and there's an interesting sort of slobs v. snobs thing to happen there, but not what we get. It's just so poorly developed it's, that it doesn't go anywhere. And then the brother shows up later right. in the movie, and there's more tension that doesn't feel earned, and then he just disappears. Yeah, the the brother also takes an Uber out I will say, movie okay, about so two-thirds I, right through it. Once I saw credits start to roll, I turned the movie off. Did you continue to watch? I left the Okay, because I... I there's nothing Thank important. You. My there. thought was, I was like, is dad going to show up? Is brother going to show up? Are we going to get resolution <laughs> no, no, to these uh-uh. problems we've established? It's just fun. It's a, it's honestly, the reason I didn't turn it off Pee-wee is because Herman. I kind of. No, not Pee Wee Herman, Great Outdoors. N- no, it's Jack Mack and the Heart Attack, baby. Oh, but I mean, it's the, it's the Great Outdoors where it's just a dance sequence over the credits. Yes, it is. It is that exact same sequence of, of the Great Outdoors for sure. Uh, we should do a month where we just do revisiting movies that are beloved from us in childhood. Is The Great Outdoors an 80s movie? I feel like it I is. I think it is. If not, it's 1990. Wait, that, would be, that would be a fun uh, it, 80s. Adventures yeah. in Babysitting like, like, Great Outdoors. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's a bunch of stuff we should put into a pile and then like figure out a month and make that a recurring theme month. That's really not relevant to the listener necessarily, <laughs> but I feel like that's a fun a – fu- we'll have to figure that out. So we go to, but yes. So, but but yeah. The end of the movie is just another song, and I just happened to think that song was decent. So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna leave okay. this playing. So we go to the car hop place, which these movies are rife with. Um, yeah, everybody's got a freaking car hop, and these three girls literally look like they went to Party City and got '80s pop star, '80s rocker chick, and '80s queen costumes out of a bag right. and put them on. 
Yeah, shook him mm-hmm. out, just plopped it on. And Kim Richards smashes her friend's burger into her fucking face. Yeah, it's really terrible. And also, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was no burger in that burger. I didn't notice that. Was I wonder it just if it really just looked like condiments in a bun. And I, I was curious if the two explanations being one, it's or three explanations. One, it's cheaper. Two, it's probably less gross. Three, maybe that actress is a vegetarian. Maybe. And they couldn't put a portobello mushroom on there. Yeah. But you also are skipping over the part where Robert Downey Jr., before they go to this car hop or uh, drive-in type place, has stolen Nick's car and pretends to try to kill James Spader with it and then, like, stops, throws the door open, hops out, and is like, ah, it's just me, buddy. I thought Kim Richards was going to step out of the car. Yeah, I did too. But I thought it was going to be her trying to actually murder him because he got her boyfriends into jail. Oh, yeah. Also, how were there no scenes of him in jail? Right. In this two-hour movie, you couldn't give me 30 seconds of the bully unhappy in jail? Yeah, it would have been very easy. Um, and and we also get the so the the opening of the movie starts with the song "Tough Turf," which comes back later. It sounds and then, like this, and it's super creepy. Wait, "Tough Turf" or this the one? The one at the beginning of the movie. I guess it's "Tough Turf." I couldn't. I I was so creeped I, out. I think that I I think this. It's, are you sure it's not because you had it on two no, X speed? Because I, I thought it's one point two five. A and B, I, I was like, this sounds weird, and I put it on normal, and I was like, this still sounds creepy. Huh? I thought it sounded like like the music part of it. I thought was kind of a great eighties. The music, the singer, I, maybe I was the music, about. the voice specifically was so creepy to me that I just was like, no, yeah. it's a no for me, dog. But the other, the other one uh, that I like, it, so that very much spells out like. This is a movie about tough people. They get the women in the car, the girls in the car, and the song is, What do you do when opposites oh, yeah, attract? Oh, they did that. It's like, what? You can be a little bit less obvious and on the nose it's with like your score It's like when you pointed out all the music selection. choices in Devil Wears Prada. Oh, because they're all doing They're all the doing the exact thing. same thing. Yes. <laughs> trip ruining other people's movie oh, experiences it doesn't ruin three more devil three wears, plus decades you can't ruin devil wears prada for me because it is three amazing performances just barrel rolling through this movie four if you count stanley tucci um but and it introduced the world to emily blunt which thank you devil wears prada um they get the girls get in the car because they think it's nick and the best friend that got the burger smashed in her face immediately goes, oh, Robert Daddy Jr. won't be needing these panties and just jumps on him in the backseat. <laughs> I mean, no, I can't. But the, <laughs> I was just so confused as to why all of a sudden this girl we barely spent any time with, don't know anything about, is so about Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, I think she just looked at him. Uh, yes, but in movie world, I need more than that. <laughs> and Kim Richards is just mad and says, I want to get out of this car. Let me out of this car. And keeps getting told no. This section also has some very bizarre ADR. It feels like all of the dialogue in this section where they're driving the car and they drive to the country club was done later. Because at one point, Spader turns around and has his back to the camera and he does like a monologue. Yeah. He, he's like he's telling everybody what to do and how to act natural and how to fix their clothes. And it feels like they handed him a two page rewrite and we're, we're going like, hey, just say this into this microphone. We'll fix it later. Yeah. But this so this sequence is extremely Ferris Bueller. It's the, this it's is one of the things I like the best in this movie. 
because yeah. they're all in on it. I think that's what I appreciate the most is once they get into the once he kind of cons their way in to the club, the country club, not, the, not like a club, a country club. Yeah. All four of these teenagers get in on the act and it's really a delight to see. It feels very improv as well. And all of, all of these scenes where we've got Spader talking about dill sauce fam, with crab cakes. Cracked crab is just to die for. Yeah. And RDJ is talking to, uh, uh, what's he talking Food about? Food and eating. Okay. They're all doing these like one bits. But the one, the girl who's with RDJ is talking about blowjobs. Where did she go? Because I was, like, I was so, I was this, like, this character. <laughs> she was the best character in the movie. Great. Where did she go? Yes. She takes an Uber out of the movie after this scene. She's just not there anymore until the end of the movie where they do the like land of a thousand dances mm-hmm. part and she's back. It's completely inexplicable. Inexcusable in addition to that. because she was great. Um, right. And this this is a perfect encapsulation of the tone problems in this movie. I know I've said that like five times, but there's a few of these scenes that, that make sense here where if you have a scene, if you have this movie be Nick is a bully and not a psychopath and it's his country new, club new guy. Yeah. No, no. The tone of Spader and the gang in the country club and hijinks and the antagonist is a bully who's mad at him and is trying to beat him up versus the antagonist is a murderer just one step short of a murderer and is assaulting him in the locker room with baseball bats and two or baseballs and tube socks. It's just the, it doesn't, the two pieces don't mesh together. The energy in this stuff is great. And the energy in that stuff and those scenes are also okay. You could make that movie, but they don't, they don't go together. Yeah, they don't fit. It's like movie. peanut butter and tuna. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> you got you got two different sandwich halves, and you were like, well, instead of two half sandwiches, I'm just going to put these together. Yeah. Just do two open-faced. Or two halfers where you fold the bread yeah, over. The movie is two hours long. Just right. split it in half, film a little more, and get two movies. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Pick a lane. Um, also, the girls literally the just g- ate. And then they're, he's like, let's get some food at the country club. Okay. All right. Let me let me pitch you this scenario. Okay. You've had you've had some McDonald's burgers. I would say I would call I these call Sonic. You, it looked like a Sonic. Okay. You've 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 had a Sonic burger, and I call you up and I say, "Hey, I got lobster and shrimp. You want to come have some?" You tell me you're not going to have lobster and shrimp. I would be mad that you. But could you wait a couple hours? Because I literally just ate. No, a they're ready burger. right now. <laughs> they're right now. You could have lobster and shrimp right now, or you can have nothing. No, we'll let the lobster cool. Lobster and shrimp. Toss it in some mayonnaise. It's already sauce, cool, and we'll throw in a bun. We'll make some cool you're, lobster you're, rolls. I I know you. You're full of shit. You would absolutely chow down on some shrimps. Not, not if I literally just ate a full burger. <laughs> you would. Meal. You wouldn't do it. You would do it out of like a, a need more than a I, want. But you'd be like, well, I'm not gonna pass up this shrimp opportunity. <laughs> the shrimp opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Lobster tunities like this don't come around every There's day. I'm getting in there. There's a set of t-shirts. <laughs> Seize the shrimp opportunity. <laughs> Lobster tunity knocks. <laughs> yeah, that's a parent. It's a best friend t-shirt. Yeah. Um, and the shrimp. The S. I think you're shrimp But the other, is, the other part of this. Shrimps. The What's S that? in shrimp opportunity is is shrimps. Oh, for sure. And I think yes, the L yes. in lobster opportunity is like a profile of a lobster with the tail curled up. Or, oh, I was thinking a claw. Oh, claw works too. Like it's holding its claw up. Claw works too. Um, 
Yeah, but I love this lounge singer version of Twisted Shout, which is very like uh, slowed down and laid back on the piano. And then at one point, he's like, it's my favorite song. And he's doing the ah, ah, ah part. And he's like, now you. And nobody does it. And he's like, you guys are the best. This is the best gig I've ever played. It's we hired a band, not a DJ. And now we're paying the price. Right. Yeah. And but Kim Richard steals a, a whole lot. Specifically, it. <laughs> Wait, Kim what? Richard steals a whole lobster. Did you notice that? Oh, she does. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. puts an entire three-foot baguette down his and pants. And then gets taken away. waiter guy yanks it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she picks up a whole lobster and puts it like in her purse and hey, they run away. Exactly. That's the it right was, energy. Lobster tunities cannot be passed it by. It us with the cheese plate on the cruise. <laughs> yes, exactly. We stole a cheese plate from dinner. We were not allowed to take food back to your room, so Andrew ran interference, and I covered it with a napkin. I ran interference with a martini. Who was supposed to stop you from doing that? With either no, it was martini or champagne. I could I can't remember. I ran. I was ran in front of you. You had a drink, a, a fancy drink, <laughs> yes. and I was just like, "Go up the stairs, go up the stairs." Yes. Uh, I also love the interactions with the country club concierge person who's trying to keep him out. This guy does a really good job uh, with this part, and Spader does the whole, like, oh, it's Muffy and, and Charles. I haven't seen them in forever. Hello, Muffy and Charles. Excuse me, Giles. And he just, like, walks right past the mm-hmm. guy. Good stuff all around. Yeah. This is the best scene in the movie It is, by 100%. Uh, so the band guy leaves. Oh, also James Spader sings a song. We didn't we didn't talk about that. I was just about to say that. Oh, sorry. Because he goes, oh, guys, head sorry. for the door. I'll distract everyone. And he goes, can you sing? And Kim Richards goes, no. Do you hear my voice? And he's like, then just sit on the piano. And as the <laughs> band gu- singer, guy, whatever, leaves the stage, he goes, we're going to take a quick break. James Spader slides to the piano and goes, and we're going to sing while they're on break. No. Anyone in charge here goes, that's not supposed to happen. Go away. Don't play the piano. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, rich country club a-hole slides behind the piano, probably letting it slide a little bit. Sings a three and a half minute song. Yep. Full on sings a song for no reason. No, thank you. And then we get a very cliche, let's walk around while slow music plays and do the part where let's we're Let's walk around a fountain. Let's, let's nail this cliche yes. specifically. Let's walk around a fountain at night while sad music plays. And that leads to her eventually. Uh, they have a little heart to heart, and she's like, "Do you want to go dancing?" Well, it's we, what we learned the Jack only Mac. information we ever learn about her character. That is true, and frankly, most of what we learn about Spader's character. Yeah. And we get another the, dance the other, sequence. Yes, at least this music is good. This is this is the aforementioned Jack Mac and the Heart Attack. Who uh, I had a real weird. I was, they they have a really cool intro where they're kind of behind Scrim and the Scrim opens up and they walk out and they all have matching outfits on. It's kind of like a cool big band R&B kind of sound. But I was looking these guys up and they were the band playing when the 1996 Atlanta bombing happened. Like they were on the podium in Atlanta or on the stage, not the podium in Atlanta when the pipe bomb went off. Jesus. So this band is like a major part of that Clint Eastwood, Richard Jewell yeah, movie? Yeah, I was going to say, there's a movie coming out about it. So so they're like a decent part of it, and they just released this year uh, Jack Mack and the Heart Attack Live in Atlanta 1996 as like an album, which includes tracks recorded that night. It was great. It's very obviously some marketing person being like, we got to capture that Richard Jewell heat. That feels and then- so... <laughs> extremely tasteless right well, the best is uh, what i h- love about and hate about that movie's marketing campaign is that 
everything about it is like, it's so important for today's cancel culture to see. I was like, just shut up. Some people need to be canceled. <laughs> so <laughs> they have a valid point, yes. but, but, but that movie completely fabricates a part where a reporter for the Atlanta, Sun. I don't know the name of the paper. No, it's, it's, I think it's a hyphen, but whatever. The major Atlanta paper, they completely fabricated a story where the woman who was writing the, the story was sleeping with her source in order to get information. So I, I don't know that you could make a point about rushing to judgment on people when you take a real person's name and insinuate that the only reason they got their information is because they were stooping an FBI agent. Please tell me it feels a little shitty to be. They, I don't know if they've sued, but there's definitely been a lot of attention from both the paper and the family of this woman who is unfortunately now dead. But I, it's just the whole movie is about people getting smeared in public, and they're like, "Hey, how about we just smear one of the major figures of it as sort of a delayed retribution?" God damn it! <laughs> yeah, I was. I read that part, and I uh, couldn't believe what I was reading that that was a, a thing that they had added to that. Like, that's that's awful. Also, pretty wild that we somehow managed to get into a Richard Jewell convo during <laughs> Tough Turf. <laughs> this is a weird-ass world we're a part of. I mean, we got there organically. Um, no, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. It's a clear line. It just... Uh, so they finally kiss, and then we... Uh, I am sure you're wrong. <laughs> about both parts or just the second? I, I Probably both. Anyway, let's get back on track So here. they finally kiss. Um, and then we smash cut to dance break, Kim Richards' bedroom, uh, where her boyfriend, like well, this gang leader, straight up sexually assaults her, and it's too long. Right, at, and I'm uncomfortable. At, at, yes, at best, sexually assaults her. It's pretty obvious that this is a rape scene that they cut away yes. from. It's really uncomfortable. Um, and then we he keeps pressuring her. She keeps pushing back on him. It, it's the worst version of this. The, it, it's almost the same as what happens in a rape revenge movie, which is just yeah, like why we don't need this in this movie. It just feel it's so uncomfortable. And it's also it doesn't do anything to add to the relationship where we know he's a scumbag and she's in over yeah, her if, head. It, we already if know up that to this point he'd been a perfect boyfriend, and then this happens. Okay, right. cool. You've sort of justified this in your movie, kind of. Right. But this is so worthless. And then we smash cut to the next day at school, and James Spader's in the locker room that empties so fast. Well, everybody knows shit's about to go down. I'd get out of there, he, too. He pull, He goes, hey, guys, something, 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 and then dries off his hair for five seconds, and when he takes off the towel, the room is empty without a sound. Right. It's like the gang rolled in and did like a wiggle your finger in the air and jerk a thumb and everybody was like. It's like they were all cockroaches and the light turned on. Yes, exactly. And so they beat him with locks in socks, which is not a Dr. Seuss book. No, (laughs) it's really just very dark. And if you beat someone with a sock full of locks, which makes me giggle to say now that I say it out loud, I have. If you beat them with a sock full of locks, you're going to do way more damage than this movie purports. Yes. Well, it's interesting. The first couple hits are definitely thunky sounds. The second volley of hits sound like towel snaps. Mm-hmm. It's so bizarre, but he's yeah. kind of acting. He's acting pretty well in pain, but his body looks fine. He doesn't look bruised right, or right. like beaten. Well, it's all, it's all red. 
Yeah, it's all red, but not the way it well, should he be. He took a two hot shower. Right. Uh, so he sneaks home. Mom comes in with groceries. Also, money's supposed to have been tight for this family now, I guess. Well, the dad lost his job and is now a cab driver. Yes. But they apparently moved all the way across the country for him to drive a cab, which seems weird Let's if they were from the New cheap, York before. the cheap, city of L.A. Yes. Also, a city with less of a cab culture than New York. Mm-hmm. But th- they're saying money's tight, da-da-da-da-da. And because mom comes in with two bags of groceries and dad goes, are there any more? And she says, that's a funny joke. And then pulls out Perrier. Hey, ma, money's tight. Yeah. Let's hold off on the six pack of Perrier. (laughs) You know what? Mom can have her one goddamn indulgence. She's trying to keep this whole house together while things are crumbling. If she wants a fizzy mineral water, she can have her goddamn fizzy mineral water. Buy the 50 cent fizzy plain water and deal with it. The one indulgence she has. She that gave up and smoking being and drinking. To her son. <laughs> this scene here that follows where the dad goes into Spader's room is like a weird breakup scene. Comes out of nowhere. It comes absolutely out of nowhere. But he he sits down with Spader and is it's like this big heart to heart, but the conversation, the tone of the conversation is very much, uh, it's not you, it's me, uh, we both have things to work on, blah, 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 blah. It makes no sense in this well, movie. Well, the dad has had mm, two lines of dialogue before this point, and uh, so through James Spader's eyes, we assume that he just wants James Spader to be like the brother, but then he sits down and he goes, I've never wanted that, I've only ever wanted you to be yourself, which would have more weight and power if we had seen, like, any any of this any indication that there's a a relationship here because all we know is that james spader says a couple times well i'm not my brother i'm not the golden boy right right yeah it stinks it really really stinks um the performance is good the the guy playing the dad uh yeah he's good here but it's it's just just, it makes no sense in this movie yeah and then we cut to kim richards is getting dressed she hears some music out the window. It's a real Lloyd Dobler situation mm-hmm. where Spader's there with the radio and then they talk to each other a little bit and then he leaves and the dad is knocking on the door like, oh, Nick's here. Nick's here. And they, Nick comes barging in and the dad's Dressed right behind. Dressed like a lost like, boy. Either, he is either the vampire <laughs> or the Neverland boy. But it's a real Kiefer situation. We got a vest with no it's shirt a vest, on. No shirt. Or a leather jacket with no, no shirt on. No, it's a vest on. with yeah. no shirt on, eyeliner, and a, a tie as a belt. So it could be either Lost Boy. <laughs> you don't yes. know. But we find out here, the dad's like, it's not every day somebody asks me if you they can marry you. And I said yes. It's like, well, how about what she said? Because I feel like this is not how this but works. Also, th- you're cool with this guy, dad? You're yeah. cool with well, shirtless then, eyeliner? <laughs> The dad is basically like, look, my wife died. Anybody that can get this girl so she's not my responsibility anymore is great for me. I run a really shitty liquor store next to a bowling alley. I don't have a lot going That's on. That's fair. Um, no one at the school cares or is, has a negative reaction to this engagement. They're all just like, oh, right. this I is feel so like exciting. It, no, it's not. I feel like... I feel like at 17, if one of my friends got engaged, the universal reaction would be like, well, that's a stupid idea. Yeah. I'm 27. And uh, so here's a, I was at the grocery store the other day and I saw, uh, I saw someone and we kind of looked at each other and I was like, you look kind of familiar, but I don't know how I know you. And he goes, are you Andrew? And I was like, oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Hi. And he goes, we went to school together. My name's blank. 
and then it clicked who he was. And I was like, oh, hi. So we exchanged a few words and then parted ways. And I was like, that was weird. And then I looked him up on Facebook. He's married with a child and has another one on the way. And I was like, we're the same age. What? Yeah. <laughs> well, you've you've crossed that threshold. But the weirdest transition of the 20s for me was finding out someone was pregnant and the reaction is yay and not ooh. Well, so uh, I did that when I was 22 because uh, – Someone was like, "Oh, can we? I need to. We were we were out for buying something for a, a show, and she was like, "Oh, can we stop at this Wawa so I can get a tampon? I'm on my period." And I was like, "Oh, at least you're not pregnant. Like that's a good like that's good like, like good thing there." And yeah, she goes, yeah, "Oh, actually, so and so and I are trying." And I was like, "Well, great." <laughs> of course, you did that. <laughs> well, isn't that special? That that's an extremely you move. <laughs> also, uh, Spader invites her to dinner, and in another twist, much like everyone's excited about this this upcoming nuptials, everybody's just extremely chill about giving wine to children. Yeah, that was weird. Spader's... Spanish families, like, I get the champagne for the, we just got engaged. That one seems completely logical, yes. if everybody's excited. But this is just a casual, like, Thursday night dinner with the Spader family, and we're just having a glass of wine all apiece. Apparently that's cool with them. Um, and there's a weird moment. So the mom is a bitch, because she's like, the last girl James Spader brought home was so high, she could only stare at the peas and talk about how green they were. And I was like, What? That doesn't seem like the kind of... That is not at all the, the character you've created for James Spader, that he would be hanging out with that person. No. Yeah. Well, they kept saying he was, like, running with the wrong crowd, but we have no evidence of that, because all we know of him is he's extremely smart and creative. Yeah. Um. And Kim Richards starts eating what looks like a chicken nugget or some kind of fried something yeah. with her hand, and Mom gives her a look like, how dare you, you garbage monster. Anyone, right. if that's a, fr- a small fried thing on a plate, that's a finger food. That's a finger food, mom. I think so. I think so. Yeah. This woman probably eats her french fries with a fork. Or like how Patrick Stewart was surprised when he learned you could order a single slice of pizza and it didn't come with a knife and fork. <laughs> uh, that was like 10 years ago. Within 10 years ago, that happened. Yeah. Huh. Patrick, Sir Patrick Stewart. Right. He's Sir, right? Yeah. Sir Patrick yeah. Stewart learned that you didn't have to buy a whole pizza. You can buy individual slices, and they don't come with a knife and a fork. See, that's stunning to me because he, because he's a toker. You'd think that would be no. like something he would be. No, I think if I think at his token rate, he probably just buys the whole pizza. Well, I'm just saying he was living in New York. You don't think he was, or in his London days, he wasn't like having a little toke and walking for a. You know what? I feel like there's less pizza culture in in London than there is in New York. Maybe I think that was so. The difference. He was having a curry takeaway. Yeah, he was at a. It was at a stand. Yeah. Um, and also the mom who, who, the character, she is terrible, but she brings up Kim Richards now dead mother and Kim Richards loses her mind about it. And I feel like this is kind of a callous thing to say, but if you are someone who loses a sibling or a parent, unless it just happened, I feel like the callous and thick skin grows really quick on this because for the rest of your life, it's going to come up and be kind of a thing that you're going to have to address. Yeah, parents and siblings. And so it are seems like up. this happened a while ago. It happened a year ago, right? It seems like this. Oh, okay. Was it a year? I, that that doesn't seem as ridiculous to me. I thought it happened when she was no, young. No, it was a year ago. Um, 
Okay, I missed that part. Because the mom's talking about, oh, if you lived here, have you ever been to this garden? I hear the roses are lovely. And yeah, he's like, no, that's not her scene. And she's like, well, if you've never been, then we can all we can go. It'll be a nice mom's trying here. And I'll give her credit for that because she's like, we yeah, can go. She we can is, make she a day is. of it. You, me, and even your mom if she's interested. And that's when Kim Richards turns into a spaz monster. Yeah, she like storms out of the room and is, is yelling at Spader. Go talk about roses. What? The roses are what offended you? Right. So she storms out, and as she's walking down the street, Nick pulls up in the car, forces her to get in it, and then they're driving around in circles aimlessly for hours. At one point, I thought she got drugged because she started falling asleep in the front seat. I did, too. I was like, ooh, because this, bo- this bottle of booze is uh, what they made her drink out of is drugged. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought this was going to be real bad, like real oh, I disgusting didn't. movie town. So, <laughs> and it was at this point in the movie that I read um, the IMDb trivia, and it said for for her nude scene, Kim's body double is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, 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 what? We're getting a nude scene? Right, right. Yeah, I thought this was going to be really heinous. It's still bad, but it just wasn't what I was expecting, given the tone of the rest of this movie. But they find James Spader's dad having a cup of coffee, taking a break from driving his cab. And Nick is like, take my watch and go get money from that guy. And she doesn't want to do it. She's, she's like, I bought you this watch. This isn't, you know, I don't want to get this, get rid of this. And Nick pushes her and pushes her. And he's like, no, it's because it's James Bader's dad, huh? Get out of the car. And so she, I didn't, I'm stupid and didn't realize this was a setup for them to rob the guy. I thought it was her legitimately getting rid of oh, this no. watch because of her reactions. Well, but her thing is being like, I gave you that watch. Oh, it was clearly like, that oh. was the second reason. Because she gets back first. She's like. I gave you that watch. And then when she sees it's James Spader's dad, she gets back in the car and she's like, I, uh, I, I gave you, I gave you this watch. I don't want you to see you get rid of it. Like that would suck. Yeah. Yeah. Like clearly making shit up. But so she runs over to James Spader's dad and tries to get him to leave and they start to beat him up, but he fights back. And I was real hyped. Yeah. I was like, Oh shit. Is this, is this, this movie now? Cause I'm so here for this. There's like a real version of this where the guy pulls a gun first and is is basically going, I'm a cab driver. I don't take shit from you idiots. And just like, you know, this becomes uh, 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 Charles Bronson. Death Wish. Uh, Death Wish. Yeah. Wouldn't be mad yeah. about that version of this movie where dad pulls out a gun and just shoots them all in the knees. And he's like, look. Right. Try it again. And the bolt's going higher. Yeah. But instead what happens is Nick pulls out a gun and shoots him three times from point blank range. And then runs away. So Kim Richards sort of tends to well, the fallen she, dad. Kim, Kim Richards the pulled a um the movie Ghost, who is the ceramic artist in the movie Ghost. Thank Demi you. Moore? I was like, couldn't think of a name. She pulls a Demi Moore in Ghost where this fight is happening in front of her and she just does absolutely nothing. Yes. It's so frustrating. Right. Yeah. No, she could have kicked somebody in the nuts and helped even the odds yeah. here very easily. Because then at the we see James Bader's dad in the hospital and um, she shows up and says she's so sorry. And I'm like, you should be sorry. You didn't do any. You allowed this to happen. You should be sorry, Kim. But there's also a weird tension moment that, again, isn't earned where mom and James Spader are like holding each other in the waiting room and then older brother shows up and mom gets up instantly to hug him and say i'm glad you're here and it's treated as though she kicked james spader to the curb and i was like no yeah in this situation he's the new family member coming in oh this is another moment of support that i might lose my husband great 
Right. But he glares at Spader and it's a very sort of, uh, what's that, Macaulay Hawkins and the Good Son, where it's just like yes. the evil maniacal glare of like, I'm, it's mine now, kid. So can I tell you, for the longest time, I thought the, the, the Good Son was called The Problem Child, which is a different movie. Oh. Which is a, a very different, different movie. movie. But I thought yes, yes. the title would work for that, too. Yeah, it uh, would. Because I have, I've said, like, when some, I remember someone was being fussy or whatever. And I was like, are you Macaulay Culkin? Because you're a problem child. And then <laughs> I have used that phrase a lot until someone was like, that's not that movie. And I was like, no, it's the one where he's a murderer. I think Elijah Wood's in it. And like, no, that movie's called The Good Son. And I was like, oh, yes. no. <laughs> Oh, no. It has a really bonkers ending. You should look it up on YouTube. Oh, I will. So this is when we get Spader and Kim Richards having a sex scene. It is sleazy and drawn out and slow and lecherous, and I hate it. Kim Richards has the most centerfold photo hairspray I've ever seen in a film. You aren't going to get this reference yet, but she looks like Elvira when she's asleep in her bed in Massachusetts, where... All of her hair is fanned out behind her like octopus tentacles and artfully placed. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much the the perfectly posed person in lingerie or bikini or naked or whatever where they they spend an hour fussing with them before they take the one picture. But it's in a movie, so it's shot for like two seconds and then she she switches. Yeah, it's – She switches positions. It's so gross. Um, It's also like four minutes long. Why are we dedicating four minutes of the runtime to the sex scene? Um. And this is where, and then after that, Kim Richards goes to her dad to be like, I, I'm not going to marry Nick. He's a psycho. And Nick shows up and beats up her dad and trashes yes. the shop. Throws him through a booze display. Yeah. yeah. Trashes the shop and makes her call. I don't know why he made her call What's-His-Face if he was just going to say, show up at the warehouse. It's not like caller ID he doesn't know his thing. Not, he doesn't know his number. Oh. Right, but he doesn't know Spader's number. <laughs> it's because he couldn't just take her phone and do it. Um says meet me at the warehouse for a murder fight and this is where uh james spader's brother shows up and he's like i'm not gonna let you or do you want to tell me the story before the police and i was like what why i didn't know why is anyone assume james spader's linked to this father shooting (laughs) right do you really think that he's involved with the gang that shot his dad and hasn't told anyone that I was so confused. So at this, because I was like, at this point, I don't know if anyone knows that Kim Richards was there. I don't know anything. Right. The movie has right, right. spent forty-five minutes of B-roll at the high school and biking through the city and going on a, sto- a, t- a tour of the stars' homes and couldn't spend five fucking minutes to tell me what everyone knows now. Right. It would be very easy to explain what's going on. Andrew just got so mad he knocked down his video chat. I didn't know. <laughs> but I love this part. This is this is extremely the part of Home Alone where Kevin McAllister is like, this is it. Don't get scared now. And then we cut to the Christmas music like, dun, 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 Well, so the brother is like, hey, I'm going to call the police on you. And James Bader goes, good. I need all the help I can get. And then goes to Robert Downey Jr.'s house, and he's not there. And he goes, here's a note. Bye. And this person at, at Robert Downey Jr.'s house, who is either the brother or the dad, is drinking a can of beer that just says the word beer on it. Oh, I missed that. It's a white can with black letters that just says beer. Oh, I love that. Um, so, yeah, we get a super Home Alone ending. Uh, he knocks out one guy, ties his feet to a sign for some reason. 
Well, he ties, he first he kind of hog ties him and then he uses him as a counterweight for this sign, but you wouldn't well, need I, the I was counterweight. Like, we're, not in a, uh, we're not in a theater. We're not, we're not rigging right. the flies. We don't need counterweight. We want this to it's fall. This, it's this huge wooden billboard with like a clown on it and he drops it on two of the goons who get clobbered by this and sign then from instantly get back up. Right, right. It's so dumb. Meanwhile, the the bad guy is shooting actual bullets at James Spader, who only has paint. There's guns. only ten minutes left in this movie, by the way. And I went, Oh, right. we're not getting dad. We're not getting a dad no. wrap up. We're not getting no, anything. No, 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 no. He fights them. He shoots he shoots one guy in the hand, and the guy looks at his hand all in terror because it's red paint. And, and I'm, I've been shot with a paintball. I've never been shot with a bullet. But I can imagine that the pain levels are significantly different. And also, if I saw red paint on my hand, it wouldn't be like, oh, a bullet has gone through my body. I guess maybe adrenaline. I don't know. Um, so the two- <laughs> then he. F- <laughs> oh, go ahead. I was going to say Robert Downey Jr. shows up with his dogs. Oh, no. Before that, we need to talk about how James Spader does a full on Errol fucking Flynn fly on the rope with the gun and kick the bad guy. Yes. That's some real Robin Hood men in tights nonsense. It is so insane. So then Robert Downey Jr. shows up and releases his dogs and the one gay gang member in a crop top climbs like a squirrel and the other one jumps out the window just and straight out the window. Just Yep, through the glass. But before the Deus Ex Downey doggos, the bad guy has him, the two goons are holding him, and the third guy has a gun pointed at him from, like, six inches away. And it's like, do they really think the audience believes the end of this movie is James Spader gets shot? This is so I mean, drawn out and takes so long. Is, I wouldn't be the most shocked. Um, and then this fucking, pardon me, this fucking movie steals from West Side Story. <laughs> where Kim Richards takes a gun and goes, how many bullets are left? How many are left? Enough for so-and-so and so-and-so? And I was just like, if she says, and it's still enough for me, I'm going to throw my laptop. <laughs> but also, we didn't mention the fact that Robert Downey Jr. got shot in the thigh and seems pretty much fine. Yeah, it's the thigh. He's Iron Man. <laughs> He's Iron Man. But, like, later at the end of the movie, he's not limping or anything. No. Uh, also, the gun turns out to have no bullets. And the uh, the gang leader punches Kim Richards once and knocks her out. But the sign didn't knock those two guys out. Just, right. again, pointing that out. Well, Kim Richards is a bit of a glass draw. I mean, if you look at the tail of the tape, I you know. I don't care. A sign dropped from above. I, I was doing a dumb joke. Um, My bigger problem is that the Nick, the head of the bad guys, picks up a nail board and then Robert Downey Jr. I'm no, sorry, uh, James Spader counters with an axe and then they have an axe versus nail board well, fight for a minute. So the, the, the nail board gets stuck in a wall and he's like trying to pull it out and James Spader hit like chops the board in half with the axe. I'm like, don't give him a weapon again. <laughs> right. Also, that's not how this works. Like, it's, unless it's balsa wood, if you swung an axe into a four by four, it would just get embedded into yeah. it. Well, it's he breaks it like a karate board, basically. Yeah. So then so then we get the scene from The Shining where uh, Wendy is kind of forcing Wendy is backing up the stairs and Jack has the bat. Yes. He have the bat? Yeah. He has yeah. taken it from her at that point. And James Spader keeps like chopping at the, the railing. And I was like, look, I don't. Con- it's a lot of violence, but. If you're going to have an axe in this fight, just put it in his chest. 
Yes. This guy has raped your girlfriend, shot your father, assaulted you on more than one occasion. And that's only the crimes that you are. And he assaulted that random street guy to steal his wallet. I'm sorry. I don't believe that that's a death penalty worthy thing necessarily. But in the heat of this moment, I would forgive. If someone shoots our father, they're getting an axe in the chest. Like, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simply just like, well, I'm going to kill you now. Mm -hmm. So he they fight and they scuffle. It knocks him down. And I was like, just step on his head. Right. Like, End at this point, kill the guy. Yes. Instead, we get a stupid video game quick time event where James Spader yes. is looking away and the bully, you see the bully slink into frame and then just hold there bouncing back and forth for 30 uh-huh. seconds. And I was like, where's the where's the X button with the ring around it that disappears? And he does basically a Wilhelm scream death where he just goes over the rail. He's guest on the end of the beast. Exactly. And it's like, well, I guess he's dead. I don't really understand. And instead of the movie resolving anything with any line of dialogue, it's smash cut to Jack Mack and the heart attack. We're back at the club. We're dancing. Robert Downey Jr. is fine. The other woman is returned for no reason and is flirting with people. And then the movie's over. Yeah, it was insanity. Uh, Yeah, it's a very, very weird movie. Uh, Final thoughts? It's too long. If you watch it, way if you watch it faster like me sure recommend (laughs) but it's it's nearly two hours and not an exaggeration 50 minutes of that is music sequences and b-roll yeah it is way way too long it is available on prime it's on there's a decent cut of it on youtube that uh 2b that we've talked about on here before also has it with commercials and, and nice quality. There's some elements of this that I like. I like Robert Downey Jr.'s character. I think Kim Richards does a pretty good job. But overall, it's just kind of sloppy. It, we've talked about this with many movies, but I wish – I certainly would never commit the time to it myself. But you could probably cut this into a 90-minute movie that's much better. Yes, you could. Or a 95-minute movie that's much better without reshooting anything, just using what's here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a bummer because it's – it's got elements that I really enjoy, but overall, not good. Yeah, I agree. It's a shame. It's so close. Right, right. But if you want to see really young RDJ or uh, James Fader or uh, pre-Real Housewives <laughs> house stolen Kim Richards, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can find that here. We should look up the whole um, stolen house thing. And How about you look it up? We'll and put it on Patreon. It later. We'll put the answer on Patreon. <laughs> It'll be in next week's, next month's, uh, the January Bag of Soup Sentinel. We will reveal this the month, Housewives. I'm obsessed with the real Housewives. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you and mom watched it a lot. We watched uh, New Jersey and Beverly Hills. Those are the only two we watched. Uh, well, that's well. This is that was the one she yeah, was, she was on, on Beverly Hills. But I mean, like, so there okay. there are like ten. There was there was New York City, Georgia. Yeah, I'm Tampa. just saying. I was saying you know, specifically Miami? that I knew you. You watched Kim Richards on that I did. show. I knew that for I sure. Knew, I yeah. watched the first couple of seasons. But the problem is that I I get so soured. I was like, this is, uh, A, it's reality television, which means it's all fake. Um, except for the part. So in season two of Real Housewives, the before, like. I can't believe I opened this door again. <laughs> right before the season. This. Like uh, before, like a couple months before the season was set to air, the one housewife's husband killed himself because he was embroiled in some kind of like uh scandal like embezzling and yeah. like something terrible and he he his way out was killing himself 
except the whole season arc for her was my husband is cheating on me and is not a, a good husband. So they had to re-edit the whole season to take out anything disparaging about this man, which means that this woman <laughs> now had no story and was just there. Interesting. And that wasn't Kim that Richards. That was not Kim Richards. That was someone else. Okay, so so it was it was if you if you pardon me, utterly irrelevant. <laughs> I know like I can remember seven facts about the real housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> uh so yeah, I think that's two two passes on this movie. Uh not worth your time. But that's okay. Sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. I apologize if you watched it already and you hated it. Um, we will be back on January 27th, but real quick here, uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dissect the 80s. It's at Dissect the 80s on Twitter. We love to hear from you. If you are a Patreon uh, subscriber and you have a sweet new sticker and you want to send us a tweet and show us where you've stuck that sticker, we'll, we'll, we'll share those. That's always kind of cool. Uh, patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s to find out more about the show and uh, dissecting the 80s.com has all the old episodes and anything you'd ever want to know about the show we will be back to uh dive into a movie that i'm a little bit i don't remember this one being on the schedule until i saw it in the newsletter and i was like oh okay well you asked for it at some point but i didn't i didn't know it was going to be so soon (laughs) You were like, you were, you really wanted to do this like a couple months ago. And I was like, it's not a really good time for it, but the 40th anniversary is right around the corner. So we could do it then. Uh, Cause this came out in February, 1980. Uh, but this is Al Pacino, Paul Servino, Karen Allen in the William Friedkin movie cruising about the uh, other scene. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, this is going to be a hard seventies movie for sure. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the gay leather scene, pushed well into the 80s right but i'm saying this movie came out in february 1980 so it's like as we've said many times the decade usually takes two or three years to get going so this is going to be a hard 70s movie uh so a little change of pace for us but i'm I'm curious i like friedkin a lot i'm I'm, this would be interesting to explore but so we're back on uh, january characters yeah i don't know I, i i have no idea i i'm honestly a little bit I'm concerned for that that reason because we didn't mention it, but this movie was thrown around the f bomb. I'm sure Cruisin is thrown around the f bomb. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see we'll see. But anyway, I have been Trip Lano. I will always be Andrew Lano until January 27th. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum some of this production. <laughs> The things we're gonna cut out in editing. <laughs> so let's let's get into it. As we just said, there it's uh, James. So the other reason I wanted to watch this is because I didn't do the thing. very young. You didn't. <laughs> You'd think that like knocking on the door of 150 episodes, we would remember the format of the yeah, show. Yeah, I was like ready to dive into my notes, and I was like at the top. Yeah. Oh, the thing. Ay ay ay. Um. Anyway, a creepy ass theme song. Yeah, well, I, I let me. My, my thought was 